Great. Excellent. Hi. Um, it was the 21st of January 1978, at four minutes past three in the afternoon, give or take 30 seconds, that um, I looked at my watch and I said to myself, I will remember this time for the rest of my life, because that's the time when God allowed me to really know that I had become a Christian. And I was brought to faith by an international sort of non-denominational mission society called the Navigators, to whom I am eternally grateful. And the Navigators taught me how to read the Bible, the Navigators taught me how to pray, how to memorize scripture, and how to live wholeheartedly for God. And one of the things that they also taught me was to trust the promises of God. And um, one of the early verses I learned was in Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, which says this, it says, Honor the Lord with your substance or with your first fruits of all that you produce. So honor the Lord with your substance and the very first fruits of all that you produce. And then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting over with new wine. And I was still a third year student at the time and uh, as I was going into work, um, the navigator said, Chris, when you start work, uh, 10% is the tithe, that's where you start from, it's the tithe, 10% of your gross salary. So I said, that's fine. And I started work on September uh, 1978. My annual salary, my annual salary was £2,750. And so I divided it by 10, that was my 10%, so that's £275. Divided it by 12, that gave me £23. And from September 78, I set up a standing order to what was then Kensington Baptist Church, where I was going to church. And from that first day, I've given... That's, that's for us, it's a floor. 10% is not a ceiling you go up to, it's a floor that you stand on. And from that day on, We've always given uh, at least 10%. And then I married Julie a few years after that. And Julie uh, shared the same passion to say, we want to give 10% of our gross income to God first. The top slice, that's going to God. And then since that time, we've had a bit of fun, inching up to 15% and then maybe 20 When you get to 25 I tell you, it's fun having uh, doing that. Um, but I'd encourage you to give it a go. So um, what is the place of money uh, in our lives, and I think this is a fantastic verse that uh, illustrates it. A poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, very small copper coins, with only, you know, with only a few cents. And calling his disciples to him, he said, basically, I tell you, this widow has put in more into the treasury than everybody else. They've given out of their wealth, but she has given out of her poverty. And uh, Another principle that I was taught early on, that if we are faithful in little, God will give us to be faithful in much. And if we can prove faithful in little, we will prove faithful in much. And here is a widow who is proving faithful in little. She was sacrificial. She was sacrificial with what she had. And I think my first question to all of us is, what would sacrificial look like to you? What would sacrificial look like to you? What would we have to give up to be sacrificial? Here, just some questions. Um, you know, often we, we believe God for some big things. And, for example, let, let's just see a show of hands. Who here believes that Christ died on the cross for you and that when we die we'll be in heaven with, with God? Just put your hand if you believe that. 
Yeah, there's quite a few of you. That's fantastic news. Put your hands down. Okay. Um, who of you also believe that God is the creator God of all that we can see, all that is seen and unseen? He is the sovereign Lord over all creation. Just put your hands up if you believe that too. Yeah, that's a lot of you. Put your hands down. Okay, here's another question for you. Um, who of you believe that if you were to trust God and to give 10% of your gross income, that God would provide for you for the rest of your, your life? Uh, no, don't put your hand up. My wife said, don't you dare ask them to, to put your hand up. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you, but imagine you would. Who of us would say, me? Well, we would, because we have proven God to be faithful. If God, if we are faithful in little, God will help us be faithful in much. Um, there's always, when God gives promises, there's always a couplet. If we do this, then God will do that. And here's the first couplet for us. It's in Luke 6, verse 38. It says this, give, that's just one little word, give, and then this is what Jesus promises, here it comes, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you give, it will be measured to you. So there's a promise. That's how God promises. Give. If you do this, I'll do this. And in Malachi, it says this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, says the Lord. And then he says this. Test me in this. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing upon you that you will not have enough room for it. But there's a condition. Bring in the whole tithe and I will do this. If we are proved faithful in little, God is faithful in much. So what is the whole tithe? It's not in monetary value. Forget the pound notes. It's in heart value. The tithe is in the heart. And here, today's talk is really about the heart. It's, it's all about the heart. Here we have an example of a heart that has learned to be sacrificial. What is the place of money in our lives? I can only answer for Julie and I. I can tell you the place of money in our lives. It's not our money. It's not our money. The money we earn, it doesn't belong to us. We are simply custodians and it just travels through the system. And when God blesses us, he only blesses us for one reason. He blesses us in order that we may be a blessing. And if he, got, if he trusts us with this bit and we move it on through, he says, good and faithful servant, here's a bit more, move it on through. So we are blessed in, in order to be a blessing. So what is today about? It's about the heart. The heart of a poor widow who trusted God. And uh, for his great and precious promises. And she was sacrificial. So today, let us, let us be sacrificial in, in giving to God what is his anyway. And uh, just see how much God can bless through us um, other people. There's a, a little prayer. I'd just like us just to pray together. Let's have a look at this. So we say this together. Lord, I want to be obedient with the money that you give me. Lord, help me obey you today. Lord, I want to trust you with the money that you give me. Lord, help me trust you today. Amen. And with that as a backcloth, I'm just going to go through just some of the um, uh, financial facts for, for last year. So here we go. Um, 
as a summary for 2012, the regular giving, including gift aid, that's 25% the government give back to us, uh, the income was £378,000. The church expenditure was £372,000. So there's a slight surplus of six. Now, what would Mr. McCorber describe that as? Mr. McCorber would describe that as? Happy. Happiness. If it was the other way around, it would be something quite different. Um, the coffee shop, may, we, as the church, we invested a net of minus 4,000, which is less than we thought, so that's good news. Thank you, the coffee shop and the team. Put those two numbers together, you've got a surplus of two overall. Now, the preschool and nursery, which, if you don't know, is at Old Vicarage at the back. We run a preschool and nursery there as the church. 135 families use that as a facility every week. Just think of the blessing that God puts through there. So that's made a surplus of 39,000 last year. It's a separate fund, but that's available for work within the parish and within uh, the sort of young people. So there it is. That's the summary of where we've come from. So a slight surplus. So this is where we spent the money. £136,000 was called a parish share. It used to be called a quota. It's now a parish share. And basically that goes to the diocese. And coming back from the diocese is the salary to pay Simon and Martin as a curacy. They don't get that, by the way. They just get a thin slice of that. Um, uh, uh, The vast majority of that goes to other churches who simply cannot afford to pay for their vicar or uh, their priest in charge. So that's where the vast majority of that goes. It gets distributed by the diocese outwards. 82,000 was for the youth and the young people's work including the, the new work in the Cheswick estate as well. 69,000 was church, staff and ministry. That's all the folks who keep the church going, those in the office, uh, Janice, Jenny, uh, Tracy, Dave Carey, those who clean the, the, the church and so on and so forth. 35,000 has gone to mission and more is going to mission. So already in the heart of the community, already £4,000 has gone out to uh, India already for the half the community, which is just brilliant. 15,000 for fabric equipment. We put money aside to help repair this sort of place, uh, legal and professional fees, and so on. So that's where the money has been spent so far in 2012. It says 2013 there. Move on. Right. Uh, message for this coming year Planned regular giving enables planned sustainable ministry. So if we can be planning to give, then as a church we can plan to give out the blessing to the ministry. Now, the more people who give by regular standing order, the more we can plan to deliver the church and the community service that we want to do. So planned giving in, planned services out. Many Christians consider the biblical tithe of 10% of gross income as a useful guide. And I just want to say again for Julie and I, we think that's a floor. It's not a ceiling. It's not a ceiling you go up to. It's a floor you stand on and 10% from gross goes upwards. So let's just do a quick, a quick bit of math. Could you imagine the annual salary you have? If you don't know what you get paid annually, think about, it, think about it monthly. Just put the figure in your mind. What's the annual salary you have? In your mind? Got it? Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Divide it by 10. Good. And then divide it by 12. If 12 is too tricky, divide it by 10 again, and then take off a bit. Then that's, your, that's the monthly giving. Uh, if, if you're thinking that's a lot of a stretch, well, it is. But maybe try your net salary first and work up from that. 
I would encourage you to do it. It's a, it's a blessing that you will, you will receive. There are, this is an interesting statistic. There are currently over 330 adults on the electoral roll of St. Michael's. 330. How many give in a planned way? I'm not going to ask you to guess. Here's the answer. 120 adults give in a planned way, mainly by standing order, but some by the blue giving envelope. So between 120 who give regularly and 330, in fact it's more than that on the electoral, there's about 210 people who could possibly give in a planned way. Here we go. So here's some action. If you are new to St. Michael's, great to see you. Lovely to see you. If you're new to St. Michael's, please start giving by standing order. How about this look? Well, if you've attended St. Michael's for a while, but you just haven't got round to it yet, could you start by giving through a standing order? If you are already giving by a standing order, pray and see how you might move that up towards the 10% floor. And if you'd like to give us a lump sum gift, one-off lump sum giving, yes please, please complete the Thanksgiving form. It's all in the handouts that you have. Okay, now looking forward, here's some numbers. Now, regular income from 2012, if we carry that forward to 2013, that's what we're getting in £347,000. Now, last year we had some really super one-off lump sum gifts that enabled us to fund last year. They are unlikely to repeat. So that's our predicted income, unless we all give more. Our expenditure to sustain the current level of ministry and to develop the over 65s, the more young people, the Cheswick estate, uh, youth work, well, that's going to cost a predicted £445,000. There's a gap. You, you can see the gap. It's 98000 Imagine, just imagine the impact of 100 new people signing up to standing orders. Just imagine the impact that that would have. Do you know what? Together we could do this. Together we can do this. So, what now? Please pray and ask God, how can I contribute to the work here? Please pray for that. Consider becoming a planned giver and complete a standing order form and bring it back on Sunday, which is about two or three Sundays' time, 3rd of March, where we will celebrate God's provision. And just to close, I, I'll tell you a personal story that happened to me this morning. I was walking the dog at, at half past seven this morning over the lovely frosty fields of Harry Stoke. Beautiful morning. Uh, mist was just hovering over the trees. Sun was out. Frost on the ground. Dog was walking or running. It was absolutely beautiful. And as I was walking through the fields, I was mulling over the sermon and thinking, well, Lord, what, what, what do you want me to say? And shall I say this and that? And I thought, okay, I think I've got what I want to say. And then I heard God say this to me. Chris, that's great. What about you? I said, oh, that's a good question. Um, I said, yeah, okay, so what can, I, what can I give? How can I increase my giving? Okay, I thought. So as I walked through the fields, I thought, well, I could, I could do that, and I could do that. I said, but that would be comfortable. And, uh, and then I heard God say, Chris, what would be scary? What would be scary? I said, that's a different question. <laughs> so I kept walking through the fields, and I... And I prayed and said, Lord, what would be a scary number? And this number came straight into my mind. And I said, that is scary. (laughs) 
did, did I hit? He said, no, no, that's the right number. And um, so I thought, that is really scary. So I kept walking and uh, put the dog back on the leg and walked home. And uh, I thought, I've got to clear this with Julie first. So um, uh, I walked up and I, I sat down and I waited for Julie where she was in a, a moment of quiet <laughs> contemplation. And I, I had to pick my time. And um, I said, Julie, I've got something to ask you. She says, uh, yes, yes, darling, what is it? And I said, um, I've been thinking and I think God wants us to be scary in our giving. That he wants to lift, the, the, the increase has got to be scary. And I said, I think it's about this. And she looked at me, she said, well, darling, if you think that's scary, then we go for it. And we go for it together. Um, and, and it is. So a, a last challenge for all of us. What would be scary for you today? If you could uplift your giving so that it, is, it becomes scary and that you push the boundaries of faith, of blessing, what would scary look like for you today? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are a scary God. Thank you, Lord, that you're an awesome God. And Lord, everything we have is yours.